Hold on one sec. I've been waiting for this call for five hours. Hello? Is there any is there any way are you allowed to talk to my wife? Because I'm actually just getting on a work call. Um, <laughs> have a great day. Thank you. Yay! All right, let's fucking go. Let's get this work call going, boys. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yep. Hey, idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Dude, is gone. Yo, if this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Keep the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching. Welcome to episode 57 of Birds vs. Boys, our draft recap show. It's the first show after the NFL draft, after the Cowboys and Eagles made a trade with each other in the first round. And after the first season of Birds vs. Boys, we kind of should have expected that, Aiden. I think all things considered, given the fact that we started this podcast less than a year ago, could not have hoped for a better outcome of the first round of the nfl draft in terms of content that was picture perfect it could not have gone better than that especially because they screwed another division rival together we'll talk about our draft show and our, our reactions from it but yes everything the, the way it played out like if if when we started this podcast and knew we were doing the draft show and knew it was going to be centered around this podcast if you could like Describe a scenario that would work out perfectly for both teams that would produce enough content for the show. It's exactly what happened. Like we could not be more grateful to the general managers of the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles because that went off as perfectly as it could have gone. And they apparently were talking earlier in the week about that exact scenario. So fantastic and you never heard word one no rumors come that was the other thing it caught everybody off guard that it happened mm -hmm. as well and mm -hmm. we'll get into that but i know that was one of the big moments of the night in round one Absolutely. so uh thank you to everybody who watched our drought draft show live stream we had over last time i checked it was around almost 800 viewers on on twitter not sure mm -hmm. about the facebook numbers but that probably puts us over a thousand so thank what you about the youtube numbers oh <laughs> Last, yeah. Hey, thanks. <laughs> um, but for tonight, why we are coming to you earlier than usual during the week is the draft value and news is still fresh. So we wanted to do a draft recap show. No guests. It'll just be Kevin and I going over the picks, how they played out, the storylines for both of our teams. And obviously, we are now forever connected for this draft with both of our teams. Mm -hmm. So it'll just be going through very much round by round like the draft goes. So we'll talk about night one, which is round one, night two, which is rounds two and three, and then night three, which is everything else, four through seven, and just go through our picks and how everything played out. Absolutely. I'm ready to roll. And thank you again to Kenwood Beer for sponsoring the draft stream. They uh, got rave reviews um, in terms of both the beer and the gear that they gave us. So yeah, the gear, <laughs> I got a, I got a killer hat. I mean, if you can't tell everybody, I mean, we like our alcohol stateside vodka, 
we got Kenwood beer. I mean, Vince yeah. is rocking, rocking the hoodie. We, have, I have a beautiful stateside vodka sweatshirt on. Aiden's got a, one of the stateside shirts on. I mean, our we couldn't do what we do without our sponsors. So much appreciated to all of them. Support local business. Oh, and also Philly Fan Life hooked me up with my new poster in the background. If you were right. watching on YouTube, Nate, Brian Dawkins made out of the speech. There we go. Wait, hold on. I can get my finger oh. there. Wait, there. Oh, got it. <laughs> right there. Perfectly. So thank you for that as well. They gave me a few Eagles pieces to put in the background. All right. Let's get into the draft itself. As we mentioned right off the bat, we are forever connected for the next decade in time because the Eagles and Cowboys made the most perfect trade we could ask for in terms of content. So let's start here. The now, wait, camp- before, can we, before we even get into the Cowboys and Eagles, can I, can I make one point? Yes. There's so many talking heads since I've watched the draft happen on ESPN. Jane Slater mentioned it. NFL Network. It seems like all of them were blown away that both of these corners, Horn and Sertan, were gone by 10. But what have you and I been saying for mm-hmm. weeks? What have you, What team have you been saying for weeks that Sertan was going to go to? And what happened? We called it perfectly right here yeah that's that's where i'd like to start is okay so you and i and you called it jc horn to carolina and we had heard that carolina was big on him and we kept saying jc horn is a matt rule guy like that's exactly the type of person he looks for we said it in the interview with lance meadow and then like you said for weeks i've just been saying sertan looks good in the orange so both of them off the board by 10 and that's i don't that's not shocking to me at all, but I guess that sets the scene. So where's your thought process looking back at nine Denver is on the clock. I mean, I knew what was going to happen. We both knew what was going to happen. I, (laughs) I said it last week too, on this show, both corners will be gone before 10. And when you said it on this show, I don't know, maybe a month ago, just visualizing the name Sertan and that orange, and just the cornerbacks to leave Harris that they've had. They're like they're DBU. So mm-hmm. it just makes perfect sense. And he just looks like a Denver Bronco. So as soon as Horn went to Carolina, which we knew was going to happen, I knew what was coming up next at nine. What was coming was up at say, 10, I did not know. That is the part that, that everything goes crazy. So I thought I, the Eagles were coming up in front of Dallas, maybe to take one of those corners. I knew they would pick before Dallas called mm-hmm. out as well. Just didn't know it was going to be with Dallas. And you, you might've seen the Denver Broncos put out like a war room video where they, the uh, GM's on the phone and part of it, like the running joke was like, I'm hanging up. Someone gave me a better offer. It wasn't about the first round, but it, it goes through like all of the rounds and he's talking to people. And at one point he goes, Hey, Howie, which I'm assuming was Howie calling him mm-hmm. for pick nine. So I, I think that was part of the video is him being, hey, Howie, I'm 99% sure that was Howie Roseman trying to call to get up to, to nine. And I know the rumors were that they had they had definitely spoken on the phone. But there at 10, I think um, it was fantastic. Like the, that moment just in time and just like everything froze for a second. Mm-hmm. And didn't you get that feeling? Like you probably had a sinking feeling in your stomach. And I just felt like, we knew it was taking a long time, so we knew, and we weren't using Twitter, so we knew the Cowboys were trading out. But I just didn't expect it to be the Eagles. But as time, as each second went by that they didn't announce, I was like, this is the Eagles. Well, so 
if you watch the reaction while we were live, one being you and I together was just made this so much better. Mm-hmm. But if you watch the draft reaction of myself and you on our TikTok, on our Twitter, on the future vlog of the entire thing that Vince is putting together that will be on our YouTube channel, you can see me being like, they traded out, didn't they? They they traded out. There it is. And I was I thought it was New England. I really thought it was New England coming up to get Mac Jones. That's what or I Chicago coming yes. up to get Justin Fields. Yes. Which so I guess they never called Dallas because I mean the Giants got a lot. The the, the quarterback tax is a real thing. And I I guess they just called it and unless the Giants and Bears had talked prior and they said, Listen, if our guy's off the board, we're willing to come back, maybe that deal was already in place. So here's what I think happened. When they traded up, people were saying, Oh, it could be Justin Fields, but you wouldn't have to trade up for Justin Fields because the Cowboys obviously aren't taking a quarterback. The Giants most likely are not. They're going to give yep. Daniel Jones a shot. So you knew when they made that trade up and both corners were gone, it was for Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. We know that the Giants wanted Devontae Smith. When they make that trade, they circle back and get Kadarius Tony and go wide receiver. So I'm assuming what happened was they were going to take Devontae Smith. The Eagles jumped them to do it. They probably got on the phone with the with the Bears because the guy that they wanted was gone and then made that trade. So I'm pretty sure that was the sequence of events and how everybody connects and the NFL stratosphere. It was just Jerry Jones giving a big middle finger to the New York Giants and Jason Garrett. I couldn't be happier about it because I, I hate Joe Judge. I think he's a fraud. Going 6-10 and 10 and then talking about the integrity of the game. How about... Go 500, and then you would have made the playoffs. You literally had to do the most mediocre thing in sports, which is finish 8-8. and You can't even do it anymore. You couldn't even settle for mediocrity, and you're mad at the Eagles for tanking the fourth quarter, a meaningless game, which we didn't even really tank. Like We were just a very bad football team to begin Mm -hmm. with. So uh, since then, I can just tell he's a fake tough guy, and uh, they ended up having a very good draft. I think Kadarius Toney's a stud. So I, I really liked what they ended up doing in the draft, but just to screw them over in that situation was a cherry on top. It was. And it was basically Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones saying, okay, we know this guy's coming in division. Where do we want him to go? And do we want an extra pick for him? That was mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It was like, all right, we can't take Devonte Smith, but we can trade back somewhere and pick up a pick in the process, which this is one of the few things. This is what I wanted to touch on the most. Excellent value trade-wise, I think, for mm-hmm. both teams because we had two third-round picks, so we gave up the lesser one. The, the Cowboys pick up an, an extra third-round pick and only drop back two spots, and the guy that they would have taken at 10 was still there at 12. It, whether it was Slater or Parsons, they were both there at 12. So for both teams, it's one of those rare instances where it's a win-win. And even for the Giants, who were in panic mode after Devontae Smith gets taken off, I think they rebounded well, picked up another third uh, first-round pick next year, and Kadarius Toney at 20. Like This is one of the few times when you look at a trade, every every single team won, I think so. I agree. I I still, I was just like, when that trade came on and it was just (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles, it was just like, like in the moment, of course, I was like, what the fuck are we doing? But then once the dust settled, I was like, okay, 
Nothing, like, yeah. And I, yeah, the thought process of, all right, Devontae was either going to the Giants or he was going to Philly. We chose where he went and got a pick for it and still got the guy that we wanted. Like you said, wins all around. And the corners were already off the board. But when that trade happened and I saw it flash that the Eagles were moving up, I felt like the Grinch walking away from Whoville <laughs> with all of Christmas on my back. <laughs> all of the presents, the Christmas tree were in a bag, and I was sneaking off. <laughs> on your tippy toes. On my tippy toes, sneaking away with Christmas. I stole oh. Devontae Smith. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, All right. Let's, let's talk let's about the talk players. about that pick then since he went first. Let's let's talk about Devonte, his fit. We obviously broke him down on our uh, prospect preview show. If you haven't caught that, head over to our YouTube channel. You can check out our prospect preview show. But I guess he's not a prospect anymore. He's a Philadelphia Eagle. He is automatically wide receiver one. The linear strider. We got him. <laughs> the unstoppable linear strider. He's I ours. <laughs> Such a mm-hmm. great pick in terms mm-hmm. of value. The trade back ended up working. You're going to have the extra first-round pick next year. Jamar Chase was off the board. Devontae Smith, we talked about it in our breakdown, such a polished route runner. People are worried about his weight, and but I don't even think people are. It's just like a thing that people have mentioned. But anytime you watch him, it like never affects his game. We we touched on it, and I didn't hear a lot of people touching on this. The amount of contested catches he makes is what sticks out to me. Because yep. I'm there's been a lot of six three six four guys who are just six three and six four and do nothing else with it. And anytime there's physical contact and you're high pointing the ball. They can't handle it. And Devontae Smith seems to be the exact opposite of that. So like Calvin I Benjamin. am Calvin Benjamin. Now nah, that's one. He couldn't really even jump. But uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside is another one. He was supposed mm-hmm. to be. We mm-hmm. built this like basketball team and then no one could go up and make contested catches. It was ridiculous. But what I liked is this is my favorite part of the entire draft. And this goes to every pick, not just, not just Devontae Smith. So uh, bullying works. Who's back of the week? Bullying. They taught mm-hmm. us that it's bad. That was wrong. You should bully people. We bullied Howie Roseman to death. Uh, he, he admitted that he heard the criticism and read the article in The Athletic about himself and about how he was doing a terrible job. And this year, he stayed true to his draft board. And he was like, Devontae Smith is the highest available. He is the prospect that we all agree with is the best there. Let's go get him. And they did. And uh, the one more th- last thing that I'll say about Smith himself I think he'll probably be a leader in the locker room by week one, even as a young team. I just think, you know, like that's a really young wide receiver room. Yeah. He'll probably go step on the field and be the best one that they have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's a Heisman trophy winner. He played at Alabama where they are basically an NFL organization. Anyway, you finally got your Alabama guy and you got two of them. I got two of them. I got two. I'm telling you, bullying works. We we said, stop screwing up the draft. Stop taking these Pac-12 guys. Go to the SEC and the football factories and get some talent. And we get the Heisman Trophy winning record-breaking wide receiver from Alabama and the best offensive lineman award winner in college football who also played at Alabama. We did it. All of my wildest I, dreams have come true. And all I had to do I, was bully a grown man. The Dallas Cowboys got two players from one SEC team as well. Kentucky. Kentucky. <laughs> Woo! SEC powerhouse. <laughs> Before we get into Kentucky, guys. Yes. 
Um, here's the next part. I was living on the high of getting Devontae Smith. And in two picks, I started the field to come down when my boy, Michael Parsons, goes to Dallas. And you knew it was coming because we're I had a bad feeling. Vince rolled the tape. Mm -hmm. Last week, I said both corners would be gone. And the Dallas Cowboys, I'm not saying right now, Vince. I'm just saying in a preview, roll the tape. Play me giving my preview, which was right. Eagles were going to trade up. Ahead of Dallas, they would pick first, called that. Both corners would be gone before 10. Got that right. And the Cowboys would pick linebacker Micah Parsons, Penn State. Bang, bang. Um, our guy, Jeff Cavanaugh, doesn't love it. And I was split with it because Slater was still sitting there. And I think Slater going to the Chargers at 13 is a steal in the first round for them to protect Justin Herbert. Would I want him? Absolutely. And now in my brain, Micah Parsons and Rashawn Slater are going to be linked together for their entire careers to see what Micah does compared to what Rashawn does. Obviously, they play on different sides of the ball, completely different positions. But, you know, will one be an all pro and the other be a bust or will they both have good careers? So I was torn between both, but I had a feeling it was going to be Micah. Uh, we knew Dallas needed defense. We knew that they were going to draft heavily defense, which uh, they did all three days. So I was I was happy about it. They were terrible against the run last year. They gave up over five yards a clip. Micah immediately, immediately helps that out. He is a complete freak. He's also really fun to listen to. Uh, I've listened to him uh, interviewed on 105.3 The Fan during his press conference. He's He's just a dude. He's a kid. He's having fun. I mean, they were like, how do you feel right now, Micah? He goes, how do you think I feel, bro? <laughs> he said bro to Jerry Jones when he got drafted. I know. That was Michael, great. Michael Parsons. He he, uh, he jumped into the commissioner's arms. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. He gave like a little impassioned speech when he got drafted. I thought it was fantastic. He was just living in the moment, just pure joy. Just like a kid on Christmas. Even though mm-hmm. I stole Christmas with Devontae Smith back in my bag. He's he's staying in the blue and white, just like he said. His last ever college game was at AT&T Stadium, and now that's going to be his home field. <laughs> that tape on the Cotton Bowl was ridiculous. Oh. You can fill the whole highlight tape just out of what he did that day. It was unreal. And now, he, like he said, he gets to stay at AT&T Stadium. Vince, we'll have to put together a video of me talking about how much I love Micah with the song from Fast and Furious 7 at the end when Paul Walker dies. <laughs> <laughs> with Wiz Khalifa and, uh, and Charlie Pugh. Uh-huh. Just sadness. Just a sad song in the, playing in the background as I talk him up for him to go to Dallas. But no, I know Dallas Cowboys fans aren't that high on the pick. I loved it. I'm biased, but I think it was a great pick. Again, like we said, everybody won. Mm-hmm. And I think the pick also gets better with another pick that we're going to talk about later for Dallas. There because those two together idea. are going to be phenomenal, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll sa- I'll save my point for when we get to that. But okay. I saw a tweet, and I very much agree with it. So you ready to move on to round two? Yeah. Um, before we do, I just besides Cowboys Eagles, what was your favorite pick in the first round for for another team? If you have one. Well, I do like J.C. Horn going to to Carolina. I know we we sung his praises quite a bit. I really think Kadarius Tony's going to be really good. I loved I his too. tape. I compared him to a water bug. 
which got people off guard during the stream. Yep. But no, yeah. he's very hard to tackle for his size, and it's not just because he's small. He has the Camara. I know he and Camara don't play the same position, where it's like this lower body strength where they stay balanced and fight through tackles. I think he's going to be really good for the Giants. How about you? Um, so I, I loved, like I said, Slater going 13. I thought mm-hmm. the Bears coming up to get Justin Fields was great. But just after um, – the phone call, and this was a guy I was very fearful that was going to come to Dallas, and now I kind of wish he was, was Zayvon Collins going to oh, Arizona. Love I mean, that. <laughs> when the G- GM calls you and you're like, we're going to fucking kill everybody. Like, yeah. how, do you, why, how do you not want this guy on your team? I know. I'd be so fired. If I was an Arizona Cardinals fan, they've had oh. a great few off seasons as it was. Now you land this kid. He's like on the phone with his boss, technically. He's like, we're going to fucking kill everyone. <laughs> Steve, I love Steve, that energy. Steve, we're going to fucking kill everyone. Yeah, I, I love thinking. how everyone's like, usually they're like, oh, thank you, Mr. So-and-so. This is the happiest day. Like, you, this is a dream come true. I appreciate you taking me. And he's like, Steve, Steve, we're going to fucking kill everyone, bro. <laughs> I was all in. I was like, damn I was it, maybe same. I did want him. Right then and there, like, if you're a Cardinals fan, immediately buy the jersey. Buy like, a jersey. Get, kids yeah. got to be a stud. Mm-hmm. There's oh, no speaking of two at the gym today, just so you know, I forgot to tell you this. Carson Wentz, number two Colts shirtsy on somebody wow. in the gym today. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh-huh. Did right. not see that one coming. Ready for round two? Let's do it. All right. Um, if you want, I'll go first because I know we picked the 37. Bat. We are back yep. in our six seed slot. So we yep. take Landon Dickerson. And I think my my notes with him right now probably are more overarching for the whole draft itself. But I loved this pick because they were drafting for talent and not for need, which has been a problem in the past where they would reach on someone past where their draft value was simply because it was a hole in the team. A lot of people were saying, oh, we need a cornerback. Like, come on. What are we going to do about CB2 opposite of Slay? And you take this offensive lineman? When you're 4-11-1, your roster doesn't have a quick fix. There isn't one hole you can plug and you say, oh, we're just a corner away. No. Mm-hmm. When you're 4-11-1, it's not going to take one draft or one guy in a draft to fix the disaster that you have caused. They took the best player that was there at a position that they value, and he obviously has a ton of value. It was drafting BPA, which we've talked about before. Draft the best player available and infuse this roster with talent. And that's what I really like the most about that pick. Yeah. If he can stay healthy, I mean, he can play guard immediately. And then he can kick out to center when Jason Kelsey retires. I was about to say. Kind of like what we were saying with Slater if he came to Dallas. Same sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Exactly. And... You're talking about position and need. Okay. Well, we it's almost a foregone conclusion that this is the last year of, of Jason Kelsey. So guess what? Next year, it's a position of need. You're yep. you're kind of foreshadowing the future with some of these things. So I like that they did that. I like that they got talent. You brought up the injuries. It's very fair to be critical, especially when someone has injury history like that. I think it's fair to be critical, but I don't think it's fair to compare this to Sidney Jones. This mm-hmm. kid played the whole season. He won best offensive lineman in the country. He gets hurt in the in the uh, in the SEC title game, and then he was doing backflips three weeks ago at Mac Jones Pro Day or whatever you want, cartwheels, whatever. Cartwheel. Both are impressive, and he'll be ready week one. 
The problem with Sidney Jones was going into the pick, you knew he was redshirting. So he was yes. already out year one, and he was always behind. And yep. for cornerbacks, I'd say corners need footwork the most. So tearing your Achilles is just a death sentence, really, as it a is. corner. So I think it's fair to be like critical of the injury history. I don't think it's fair to write him off as like another Sidney Jones. I would agree with that. And he's the type of guy, I hate that he's going to Philadelphia for two reasons. One, he's the type of guy like I want to root for. He just seems like that dude I want to go crush beers with and just Mm -hmm. watch him play football. And two, he's a really, really good player. The only thing that scares me is Philadelphia offensive line injury history, and he has a bit of an injury history. So that scares me. But at the same time, you can't have that scare you away from drafting him. Offensive line injury history. Everywhere. Try, injury. try team injury history. Try city injury history. Try point guards with invisible shoulder injury history. Mm-hmm. Try shooting guards with a peanut allergy injury history. Our $330 million right fielder got hit in the face last week. This yeah, city, he, all he they do right is up. get hurt. I know. <laughs> but he did miss a few games. But it's always something. Somebody always gets hurt. That was Ryan Howard's last play ever was tearing his Achilles. So, like, we always deal with injuries in this city. Um, One other thing I like about Dickerson, like you mentioned, like crushing beers with him, another, like, high-character guy. I can definitely see that. Um, And Devontae Smith as well. So, I thought they got two two high-character guys and two Bama guys. I could not be more thrilled. Yeah, and you got two Bama guys back-to-back. You haven't got them in 30 years, and there you go. Yeah, and I will say one last thing, and then we'll switch over to the Cowboys second-round pick. Uh, Baldinger loves this pick. He loves this kid. Went as far as to say he would start over – what's that? That's a baldy guy. Oh, it's definitely a baldy guy. And he was showing the highlight tape, and he was, like, breaking down his film. He's like, this guy hits people like he causes crashes on 76 on the Schuylkill. He was like, he just takes everything out and traffic stop. And it was so perfect because the clip was just like he hits one guy, he hits one defensive tackle, and the tackle ricochets into two other guys that are blitzing, and he just takes out the entire line. (laughs) It was fantastic. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. But uh, go ahead. You're round two. All right, so seven picks later at 44, the Cowboys had their first pick in the second round. So we knew that this was probably going to be defense again um, on our preview show. We gave out uh, a couple different names of second round targets. Dickerson was not on yours, but that is a heck of a of a pick. Um, two he, of my guys. Drafts, I saw him in round one. Did you, yeah, he, which he is a, a first round talent. Again, uh, Cowboys were going to go defense here. We kind of knew that. I kind of knew that. I had two guys uh, that I was honing in on: Levi Ozenriki, the defensive tackle out of Washington, and. Uh, Trevon Morig, the TCU safety. So um, we knew they were either going to go corner because they didn't get their corner in the first round safety or uh, defensive tackle. So uh, with the 36 pick, that's when Javon Holland from Oregon safety went off the board. Then another safety, Richie Grant, went 40 to Atlanta. Then Ozenriki went the next pick, the defensive tackle from Washington. And then we're sitting at 43. And here comes the Raiders with Mo Riggs sitting there. We knew exactly what was going to happen. As soon as they came up, I think I texted you 
or maybe I was texting with Joe. I said, they're, they're coming up for the, for the TCU safety and bang, mm-hmm. that's what happened because they knew Dallas was going to take them. So Dallas was kind of left sort of with their jock strap in hand, but they still had an unbelievable talent sitting right there. So they had no choice. They took the cornerback out of Kentucky, former LSU cornerback as well. Kelvin Joseph, AKA boss man fat. Um, <laughs> So apparently he's a rapper. Jeff Cavanaugh says he has more rap albums than career receptions, but he is talented beyond belief on the field. On the field, he is a first-round talent. They actually said, Broadus and Cavanaugh both said, without any off-the-field issues, you put Sertan, Horn, and Joseph there, hmm, they're basically all talent-wise the same. So... I'm all in on that. Watch him play. I've watched since, and I'm like, dude, this dude can play. He's got 4-3 speed. He can turn his hips. He turns around, finds the football. It is just everything. Does he love football? That's my question. Or does he love rap, the rap game more? And I'm not, I'm not knocking athletes doing other things and having other businesses like Devontae Smith starting this new Bitcoin thing. It's awesome. Athletes should have time to do other things. But if it takes away from football, that's a problem. And that's my only fear with him. That and two teams were basically like, please go away. We don't want you to be on the team. That's another one where I was like, oh, I don't know. Oof, that's rough. There was a few few character concerns, but there is. Um, yeah. So but I knew like I knew that they were they had to take a corner there and they weren't going to take Asante Samuel who won a couple picks later because Dan Quinn likes bigger guys and and Asante's mm-hmm. a shorter guy and I just I knew he wasn't a fit. So that had to be the pick yeah. for them. Yeah. Big Kentucky powerhouse there. How about it, huh? It is you were kind of in no man's land at that pick 44. Like after yes. Moore going off the board, it was just kind of no yep. man's land. When those three safeties went and the defensive tackle went. I mean, it, now it had that. to be a corner there. Yep, it had to be. Yeah. All right. Anything else on your round two? No. Um, just trying to. Th- I, oh, um, I mean, round two overall. I mean, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa lasting at 52. Cleveland got a steal. Yep. I was about to say, I think that's the easiest, uh, easiest pick in terms of like, if you want to do like what we did for round one and say, what's the best pick of round two? It's got to be that. Hands I think down. without a doubt. And also, and just. I was just came out that his heart is fine. Yeah, I was going to say he had a heart condition that made him drop, and then it doesn't seem to be that big of an issue. We'll see going forward. And then um, we are doing ranking top five draft classes later later on TikTok. So Browns may pop up with what they did. Maybe, maybe just might. All right, we're on to round three. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I guess if you want, if you want to go first and just snake it and do your, because I know you guys have two picks. Yeah. So in round three, the first pick was a little um, interesting. So they took Osa <laughs> Ogunduzawa. I still can't. I still can't say Odigizawa. it. Um, oh, oh, Odigizawa. That's right. Osa Odigizawa, oh. the defensive lineman from ucla 75th overall um so at first i was a little confused at the pick people were saying he was picked way too early but then i started watching tape and the dude can play he gets up field 
he's like 280, but he plays like he's 350. Like he just is like, nope, I'm going to move you back here. And now I'm going to come into the backfield and I'm going to tackle your running back. And he's an up the field motor guy. It seemed a little confusing at the time, maybe a bit of a reach. They had him going in the fourth round, but hey, if he's a guy that they had their eye on, they've had defensive tackle issues, I'm okay with it. I like his tape. I like his name. It's easy to... See, that's pretty fun. Yeah, if he right. does well, if he makes the team, um, that seemed to be kind of a trend. Is this was a bit of a reach, yep. but I don't know. All right, you also had another. Yep, eighty-four. You are welcome. Pleasure doing business with you. Thank you. <laughs> this this was the Eagles pick. This is the Eagles pick. So I present the floor to you. What did you do with our magnificent third round pick? So they took Chauncey Golson, the edge rusher from Iowa. Again, people are saying could be a bit of a reach here, um, but he is a motor guy. He was described as Tank Lawrence light. And what makes me happy, a hell of a locker room guy. Character beyond character, which I'm happy about. This type of guy was said... And this comes from Kavanaugh again. I know I'm quoting him a lot, but this guy, when it comes to the Dallas prospects, I will believe everything he says. He is going to have a 10 to 12 year career helping out either the Cowboys or another team. And he is a guy that you say maybe a bit of a reach, but I'm damn glad he's on our team. So I love this tape. He He's a power guy. He ferociously gets after the quarterback. So we'll see if he can help in this rotation. I was about to say, seems like a prospect where, like you mentioned, plays 10 to 12 years, never makes a Pro Bowl, but is a solid starter for literally a decade's time and fills in and gives you terrific depth on the defensive line. I'm okay with it. So uh, I was just saying, needed some character there. (laughs) Needed some good character. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) And you're welcome. I appreciate doing business with you. We'll have to do it again down the road. Maybe. Maybe we'll do it the other way around. That's true. We'll see. We'll see next year. We have a lot of first round picks to wheel and deal. We do. And our guy, hey, our guy Lance Meadow called it. He said, "Don't be so shocked if Philly yeah. comes up and they've done business together before." What a call! Good for him. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess it's our turn for the third round pick, and mm-hmm. this was not without storylines, as always in Philadelphia. Something goes on. So we took Milton Williams, pick 73, out of Louisiana Tech. And he will forever be remembered as the viral video of Howie Rosen. Um, Not the best look. No. (laughs) So the director of player pro personnel and him just having the most, like, awkward, like, final fist bump you and, like, throwing his fist at him. It was definitely one of the most awkward things I've ever seen two grown men do and then the howie looking at the tv and like shrugging was for someone who's had like criticism of not working well not playing well with others this is like the one thing you had to avoid on draft night Mm -hmm. but i think what makes it so funny is they show this clip of like them having this clear disagreement where this guy is like throwing a temper tantrum in the corner because Howie Roseman took this guy. And then they go back to like run his tape and break him down. And they comped him to Aaron Donald. I was like, yeah. wait, what? What's the problem here? 
And in the other side of the room, the defensive coordinator is freaking out and jumping up and down and like pumping his, his like flexing and he's throwing fist bumps that are like full on like UFC checks. Like I was like, what is happening with this? <laughs> it was just what? like the two polar opposites. And in the meantime, Mel Kuyper is telling me that this kid's the next Aaron Donald. <laughs> Vince has it on the screen now. Harry Roseman going for the uh, fist bump. Guy's not thrilled about it. And then what set Howie up to look really bad is he went around the whole room, is the smallest person there, and yep. then goes for Hands it, up. and the guy just like half-asses the fist bump, and then Howie's just left to be like, what the hell? <laughs> what's the, but what's was, the problem here? I thought I thought he had a great pick. Like Mel Kuyper called this kid the sleeper of the draft. He's like, this is my guy. And everybody, Daniel Jeremiah was high on him as well. <laughs> the defensive coordinator was high on him. And the only thing people remember from this pick is people is like the guy just spurning Howie Roseman after six months of everyone trashing Howie Roseman. Until he's the next Fletcher Cox. Until, yeah, I was about to say, until he's lining up next to Fletcher Cox and we have Aaron Donald. This is another pick, two of the first three. We talked about it when I predicted Quiddy Pay, which was like half of a joke. But I was being serious when I say they build through the interior. Look what yep. they did with most of those picks. Howie Roseman came out and said it afterwards in their press conferences. He said, we built through the interior to win a championship. So that's what we're going to do again. And I actually respect that. I think that's a good way to go. That's what Dallas did when they were good in 2016 and what mm -hmm. they've lacked since. That's If you're not good up on both fronts, you're not going to be good. You think like Cincinnati, like, yeah, it's great that yeah. you got Jamar Chase. I don't know. Like, who's going to get him the ball when did, Joe Burrow has a matching scar? Did you see the Lions draft room when they drafted Peeney Swell? How oh, they, they were, were so fired up. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I was thinking of Vince the whole time. I was like, this is this is awesome. That was the best fit I've ever seen. When you come out and say you're going to bite people's kneecaps off and everything like that, and then like the the best offensive tackle prospect that we've had in years oh. falls to you at seven, match made in heaven. Like you could Ooh. not have started that era in Detroit football any better. His name's Peeny Swell. Can't beat it. And his name's Peeny Swell. It's awesome. All right, on to round four. Do we have to? Yeah, <laughs> we do. Both of us have a prospect here. Uh, how about I go first? Because I think you'll probably have more to say. Give me what happened. I have two picks here. Oh, true. Well, this is a good thing, though, because mm -hmm. it almost balances itself out. Mm -hmm. It's like the scene in Avengers when he has the uh, little thing mm -hmm. that balances things out. Mm -hmm. I'll do mine first, and I think you'll have more to say. So Zach McPherson also spells it with an E instead of an A. That's a huge red flag to me. That's probably the only red flag I have. Because Adam Kaplan was saying today, this prospect was good, uh, so good that everyone in the room was in agreement that they didn't expect him to actually be there when they picked. He was the best player on the board. And again, they took the best player on the board, which was fantastic. So it was great value. And it was a position of need. Daniel Jeremiah was very high on him, said it was his last cornerback within the top 100 players the time the eagles took them they were drafting for value they were drafting best player available thank you my prayers have been answered there is a god above amen are we sure there's a god above well you tell me in the form of <laughs> you got uh, uh 
Nashawn Wright, cornerback out of Oregon State, 99th overall. Top 100 pick. Top 100. Uh, seventh round prospect. I was about to say. Not rated in the top 100. No. Not very close. No. Uh, seventh round prospect. He went first. He was at Laney College. Do you know what Laney College is? I've actually heard of it. It's, it's one of those commu- schools that like sends you the letters. You know, there's some schools is like to get kids. They just spam yep. your, your you with letters. Like when Harry Potter, they wouldn't let him into Hogwarts year one because mm-hmm. his uncle wouldn't let him go. That's what Laney College does. Yep. It's a uh, community college out in Oakland, California. They are on the most recent season of Last Chance U. And ah, Nation writes. Nation Wright's younger brother was currently on the team during that show. And Nation Wright played at Laney before his brother mm. went to Oregon State. And then Nation Wright's younger brother then also went to Oregon State. So they were they were playing corner together. So he's like six four. He's a, he's a tree. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I just I don't know where he fits on this team. Like he's it's gonna be digs. And then Joseph, and then you have Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, CJ Goodwin. Like he's not going to see the field. Uh, he's a he's a project, and I get that you know they're looking for the next Richard Sherman, and he called himself the next Richard Sherman. But like taking a seventh round prospect who has possible upside at ninety nine overall. I mean, I was just I, – I couldn't believe it until I started thinking more in my head, and I'm like, okay. So Jerry takes Micah one. He's flashy. He is a heck of a guy when it comes terms of, like, talking and one-liners, and he has a cute kid. Then they take a rapper in the second round. Then they take a guy named Odigizua in the third, which is fun to say. And then they go after a last chance you kid. Jerry's drafting knowing that they're on hard knocks already because all these dudes just have unbelievable storylines. This dude is going to be all over hard knocks. I, I really like that theory that you're floating. I think there's actually some legs to it. I also, I told you my theory was they were like, saw what the Panthers did last year when they went all defense and Matt Roll was like, this is how I'm going to run the ship. And Jerry Jones was like, that's awesome. We should do that too because it looks cool if we just go straight defense. And for a while, that's the way that they were headed. Yeah, it is cool when you when you go straight defense, but not when you take a seventh-round prospect at 99. But then just when I wanted to kill them, they totally <laughs> redeemed themselves. Just when you thought you were out, they pulled you pulled back, back in. in. And at 115th overall, I, I, I don't know how he was still sitting there. Um, this could be the steal of the entire draft. It's definitely the steal of the Cowboys draft. But Jabril Cox, the linebacker out of LSU, he was at North Dakota State. Um, and he was an absolute boss there. They didn't know, obviously, if they were going to play football or not this year. They definitely didn't play in the fall. So he was like, you know what? I want to go to the SEC, and I want to test myself there, and I want to play with these big boys. And guess what? He did the same goddamn thing he did at North Dakota State, and he was the dude. So him and Micah together, I mean, Dallas has like two 6'3", 240-pound linebackers that run sub-4'3s. Yes, please. 
if that gets Jalen Smith off the field and Leighton Vander Esch, um, I'm in. Yeah, I was seeing a tweet that was like, these two probably end up being what we thought LVE and Jalen Smith were going to be. And I also, I know the Eagles don't care about linebacker, but I wish they did. Cause like you said, having two, four, three guys who can tackle and just play instinctually up there and either go sideline to sideline, stretch a play out to keep up with a running back, cover tight end. So you're good in coverage, cover running backs out of the backfield blitz. If they need to, there's a lot of value in linebackers. I'm glad that the, Cowboys appreciate it uh, since some of our teams do not. And I think that was a great pick at 115. Tremendous value. Very shocked he was still there. And, and think of the range. Like if they had three linebackers on the field, they're right now in the depth chart. Keanu Neal is a linebacker. Can you imagine mm-hmm. the range that the three of those linebackers playing together will have on the field? Mm-hmm. Make the game faster. It's going to end up being positionless football. I'm going to talk about one of the Eagles prospects here about he's kind of a rover, but you got to be able to do multiple things and you got to be fast. And now they have three linebackers who can attack going forward or backtrack and cover. That's exactly what you need. And now they can, you know, if they, if they don't cut Jalen Smith this year, they can make him do the only thing he can do run straight after the quarterback, <laughs> send him off the line. There you go. I'm in. So great. I love great it. pick there. Absolutely loved it. I feel like he could probably could have switched those two. Yes. Very much does not make sense that Jabril went 115 in Nishan. Nishan or Nishan? I think it, uh, I don't know. And I don't care. Oh, well. Yeah. I was going to say, oh, well. Probably not the 99th best player in the draft. No. Who knows? No, probably. God, I hope. And, and I hope he, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he is the next Richard Sherman. There you go. That, that would, that would be the upset of the century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. We move on to round five. So, I'll just say mine, Kenneth Gainwell, running Mm -hmm. back out of Memphis. I think this is one of those picks where you see the true value of running back where he'll produce as a fifth rounder, and you're like, wait, why am I ever investing resources into into running backs when I can get a kid like this in the fifth round? Mm -hmm. Um, He rounds out the running back room, which is fantastic. One of the problems that got overlooked last year because there were so many is we didn't have a running back two. Now you've got Gainwell, Sanders, Scott, and Jordan Howard. So you get a little bit of everything. That's what you had the year of the Super Bowl. So I was very grateful for this pick. It's, again, tremendous value. Don't waste resources on a running back early when you can get a kid like this and pay next to nothing for it. And also, Philly guy. So it'll definitely be easy to root for. Love it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a heck of a pick. It's like it's like Sproles all over again. It's like mm-hmm. they just they find these dudes that I just oh god, I hate. Yeah, got Sproles for a seventh round pick, paid next to nothing for him. Corey Clement, hero of the Super Bowl, undrafted. Um, they got JHI for a fourth round pick. All these guys. They used uh, Josh Adams out of Notre Dame for a while. My guy. I don't even think he was drafted. Yeah, it, it was a bunch of guys. Um, they took Miles Sanders in the second round, which is fine. He's your workhorse. But if you're like for a backup running back, this is perfect. Yeah. Jordan Howard, again, got him for nothing twice. So uh, I was very happy with how that I was. Went. It just even. Yeah. Jay Ajay, they, they just find ways to get these dudes and it pisses me the fuck off. Because <laughs> we you pay know, like, $50 million a year for yeah, a running back. I was about to say, instead of paying they're using a top five pick out of running back and mm-hmm. paying him $50 million afterwards. Anyway, 
Well, that was my only fifth round pick. So let's let's transition back over to you. Yep. So we took Josh Ball, first offensive player off the board for Dallas at 138. He is an offensive tackle out of Marshall on the field. Uh, he's a mauler. He's got apparently first round talent. He's one of those nasty dudes that you want on your offensive line. One of those dudes that you want just attacking D linemen. But again, here we go with character concerns and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, not going to accuse the guy of anything, but apparently he has 11 accusations against him for domestic violence against his ex-girlfriend. Um, he was never charged with a crime, but he has a lot of issues. He was um, interviewed on 105.3 The Fan after they asked him about it, and he's like, you know, I don't really want to talk about that. Everybody's moved on. Um, and then started talking about his play on the field, and it's like, bro – she put 11 accusations against you. I don't think she's moved on. 11 so, is a lot. Like, so, you I, know, like we said that with Deshaun Watson. Like, if there was like one girl who came out, when 23 people file a lawsuit mm-hmm. against you, mm-hmm. I don't know. When someone files 11 issue. domestic abuse charges with you or complaints, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. So, Vince says that's half of a Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I, I, it, it's, uh, it's scary to me. And, um, again, our guy, JC, literally after he talked about that, he goes, hope you don't make the team, bro. And then that was it. And I was like, Oh, he said that, that to way. him. No, he said it right after he hung up the phone. Wow. <laughs> like on the interview That's pretty wild. after he was talking about the 11, he's like, I hope you don't make the team, bro. Yikes. Like, wow. All right. So, all right. We'll see. But yeah, first offensive player at 138 off the board for Dallas. Would you like to talk about your next offensive player? Because I'm looking yep. at it and I see a huge red flag that has nothing to do with character concerns. What is your red flag? Uh, okay, so you took Simi Fahoko, yep. wide receiver from Stanford. Yep. Right there, wide receiver from Stanford. I'm out. <laughs> Bust. Huge red flag. Don't know why you do that. Because uh, this dude is a is a beast. He's not a J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And I don't think they're playing... It's also it's also taking a wide receiver when you have a bunch of studs. They're not taking him to be their number one or number two or number three wide receiver. They're taking him because he's a hell of a special teams player, bust. and he is going. He's not going to be a bust. You see him play. He's he doesn't wear he doesn't have his mom hold an umbrella over him in the sun. Okay, when he's at training camp. Bust. Okay. <laughs> I loved it. I I love the value of this pick. Um, they need help on special teams too. He's a heck of a gunner. I, I'm, I remember watching him play against my team, Notre Dame, because obviously they play Stanford every year except for this last year. And he he was always in a problem, one of those just guys you don't want to cover. He's he's not a burner. He's just a big athletic dude. So I liked the pick at, at 179 overall. Bust. Cox. <laughs> Cox. <laughs> all right i thought that was going to be Allie coming in oh there we go every time all right i'll there rattle off some of these uh i'll yep. do two i'll do two six rounders together because we do have two um and then i'll pretty much be done after the sixth round so uh we drafted marlin to a Pilatu. Out of USC, really liked it. More depth in the interior, building depth in the interior. 
having more than one guy who can rush, more than one guy who can stop the run and fill gaps. So I, I think uh, – and then Teron Jackson as well out of Coastal Carolina on the edge. So you're seeing building through the line, building through the interior, and getting depth. Uh, Tua Pilatu reminds me of Bo Wolf when we had him on the uh, on the Super Bowl team. Like, not our starter, obviously, behind Fletcher Cox, but came in and provided valuable Cox. reps. Cox. <laughs> And came in and provided reps whenever we needed to. So I can see him being a guy like that who will never be a three-down lineman but provides valuable snaps. Okay. And what? Uh, so then I had 192 overall. Cowboys took Quentin Bohana, defensive lineman from Kentucky. This is a big boy. A very, very big boy. Um, not graded out wonderfully. Um, don't even know if he'll make the team being drafted that late, but somebody that they think is going to help and he can plug the gap, stop the run, which is what Dallas needs. So uh, I'm rooting for this guy. He looks like um, somebody you'd want to root for, but that's our second Kentucky player off the board for Dallas. He'd be another good hard knocks guy. You would be. I love when Jerry, this Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm fixing to turn your card in son. (laughs) <laughs> every time and he always says it wrong he called micah micam parsons Michael parsons when he was talking that. about kyle pitts last week he kept calling him kyle pitt like he didn't put the s on the end it's just an old man thing that just like screw up everybody's name that and it's but just get like, pretty close i'm just i'm old and rich as fuck so i just don't care yeah you're not gonna make that uh <laughs> make that much of a difference also i saw that he like made the call he was like yeah we're, we're gonna give micah 11 even though you already have an 11 on your team <laughs> Cedric Wilson. Yep. Cedric Wide Wilson. Receiver. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, we're going to make it happen. And then Micah gets 11. <laughs> I was like, wow. I love it. That's such a Jerry Jones move. Flying around with 11 on. It is a Jerry Jones move. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, how many more? I got two more picks for Dallas. I have one more. Well, we have two more picks, but I'm going to use all my time on the on the six-round pick because I'm very excited about this one. It's one of Go the most it. excited ones I'm about. So if you want to do one, I do one. And you do the last one to finish it off? Yeah, it's fine. I don't really have much here. So Israel Mukamamu, he's a cornerback out of South Carolina. So he played opposite J.C. Horn. Another one of those big dudes, six four corners. They're, you know, it's like they have a basketball team on their secondary right now. So I just, I don't know. It's it's making me nervous. They went Nation right, and then this kid. They have these trees out there, but. The NFL is going a different way. They're going mm-hmm. 5'10", 5'11", receivers, quick guys like Tyreek Hill. And big, tall dudes like can't turn their hips, can't move, run downfield with these guys. So I, I don't know if this is old school Dan Quinn feeling, you know, this is what we did in Seattle. We had, you know, Richard Sherman. And uh, who's the other corner they had on the other side that was really big? Byron Maxwell. Brandon- or Brandon Browner too. Brandon Browner, Cam Chancellor, and as a safety, yeah, and Earl Thomas. So it's like, yeah, okay, everything like came together there. It wasn't like, and the game has changed since you won that Super Bowl drastically. So I don't know if they're stuck in the mud, if they're living in the past, if they haven't caught up to the NFL yet. Um, but I don't know. I'm not expecting much out of this pick. Uh, yeah, I don't. Being tall wasn't the Seahawks Legion of Boom like number no. one trait. They just no. also happened to be tall. They were also incredible tacklers. Richard Sherman could go stride for stride with anybody in the league and turn his hips and technique wise was fantastic. But <laughs> being tall was just like a 
an extra cherry on top. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's, a, it's about how these kids can move their feet and hips. All right. So this is the last pick I'm going to talk about because I really don't know how this kid fell to round six, pick 224. But we took Jacoby Stevens, who is one of these rovers, who's like a safety hybrid linebacker out of LSU. Again, thank you, God, yep. for taking people on championship caliber teams in the SEC. So I really don't understand this six-round grade because everyone seemed to love him. Um, in the way too early 2021 mock draft from Matt Miller last year, he had this kid going to the Eagles in round one. I don't know what happened that he fell to six. Like I still haven't been yep. able to figure it out yet. And this is what confuses me even more. Here's his next-gen stats. Stevens meets all the criteria of an NFL safety when it comes to size, athleticism, and production. He earned the highest production score of any 2021 safety, 95, and tied for the best athleticism score at 97. So his 40 time was unreal for his height and weight. Yep. He, there's something. He's a 10 out of 10 BJ. Don't know what that is, but that's Oh, something. boy. Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Knew it was coming. <laughs> but he was he was upper echelon elite in every athleticism metric. And I love that the Eagles used analytics and just based off these athletic metrics. And they're like, we're just going to get the most talented, most athletic person available, which is what they did. So I'm I'm really high on this kid. I think and they told they were saying he and Jabril Cox on a defense that was Cox. <laughs> he and, and Jabril, who were on a defense that were really bad. Were the two guys who like did everything right, knew where they needed to be, had a high football IQ, and also flew around and made plays. So I don't know how he ended up in the sixth round, but I'll take it. And that's where I'd leave my recap. Good job. You know, I'm looking for any reason to get rid of Howie Roseman. I know that viral video doesn't help, but I think they did a hell of a job this week. I think they did as well. I think they deserve to be in the top 10 of drafts. We'll see if they make the top five. Coming up here soon. So my last one, Matt Farnook, offensive lineman out of Nebraska. I love offensive linemen out of Nebraska, um, out of the middle of the country. He played guard. He played tackle. He can play center. Um, getting him in the seventh round, I feel like this is going to be depth. I, I, I just have a feeling he's going to make the team. I, I, I hear good things. I've seen good tape. I don't know a ton about him. Nobody really does. He was 238th overall. But – I am always all about bringing in offensive line depth. Like I keep saying, this is not 2016 anymore. Cowboys need as much help as they can on the offensive line. They brought in two linemen. So um, I'd rather this kid make the team than the wife beater. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. Probably, I don't know, I feel, I'm more confident in him. Yes, me too. All right, uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, overall, I'm... Happy but confused. I mean, uh, Micah, so am I in life. Joseph and uh, Cox. Um, they're they're my uh, they're the draft basically for the Cowboys, and then we'll see what if a couple, one to three of those other guys can make the team and contribute. There you go. So, um, my overall thoughts, like I said, if you've listened to this podcast at all since its origination back in August. Some may say that I'm not of the, uh, what's the word? I don't exactly have adoration for Howie mm -hmm. Roseman. Mm -hmm. Some would say I've been unkind. Some may say that. 
I have no unkind words after this draft. They have answered my prayers. Best player available. Always use that strategy. Please write it on my tombstone when I die at age 29 because of the Eagles. Here lies Aiden. The Eagles killed him, but at least they finally started using the best player available strategy. Here lies Aiden. The Eagles killed him. Draft BPA. Draft BPA. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe I'll just get a tattoo that says BPA. Like, oh yeah, my God, it. is that initials for like, did your aunt die? Nope. Just my nope. favorite draft strategy. <laughs> draft best player available, bitch. BPA, best player available. BPAB. You should get best player available, best bitch. Best player available, bitch. <laughs> if we win the how about this? If we win the Super Bowl this year, I will get BPAB. Can that be can that be the name of the uh the, this episode? <laughs> <laughs> speaking of vince let's bring him in and let's do our tiktok uh as we mentioned before hello hey hey vince nice hoodie nice pool yeah, right how about that nice right? yeah i like it fantastic i, I don't know where i've seen are alcoholics all around here wow oh, kenwood sure. kenwood pullover stateside pullover stateside t-shirt some may say we'd like to drink stateside local. vodka Stateside vodka in every single shot. Hey, well, welcome to the uh, welcome to the crew here, Vince. Having your own I know, stateside I got to steal vodka. This out of your, I got to steal this out of your basement. I'm so happy. <laughs> Congratulations. All right. All so right. TikToks of the day. The theme tonight: best draft classes for teams. So what the fuck? Hold on. Can we be more clear in the group chat next time? Because <laughs> you said best drafts, so. It's. I'm gonna go with what I wrote down, but we, we, we need to start being more clear in the group this, chat about what we're doing. Listen, okay, Mister Cherry Blossom. <laughs> the one, the one comments are on TikTok. That that dude's not funny. I know he's very serious about his talks. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just out here. Just, <laughs> we're not <laughs> being clear with our communication skills. I feel like it's something we need to work on. Very serious Vince, about the talks. There have been random times this week where I've thought of you and laughed. About that TikTok comment when the kid was like, dude's birthday isn't even top three. <laughs> I will just <laughs> randomly laugh while I'm just like thinking about work. It'll just pop into my head how funny that comment is. Uh, it's so funny. I've, I've been doing the same thing all week. I'll be doing something random. Be like, my birthday isn't even top three. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect amount of like sad, but also really funny. It is. All right. All right. So, so we're we doing drafting. We're not drafting. We are so in sync that we keep doing that. <laughs> Same brain. Go for it. Go for it. I'll let no, you you're the, you're the No, you're the TikTok leader. Okay. Uh, I don't know how you want to phrase it, but it's top five best draft classes for teams this past year, 2021 NFL teams, how they drafted. You get the gist. We're ranking them. Five to one, as always, we're going to do our normal triangle no clue what's going to come in the top right of this triangle. Um, so I'll start if you guys are ready. I'll, I'll throw this. I'd like to do an honorable mention, and here's why. My honorable mention is the Giants. I think they had a pretty good draft, but it's a matter of them picking up an extra pick from the Bears first round and getting Kadarius Tony in the first round. So we'll see how it plays out next year, but that's why they're my honorable mention, is that it, it's got some uh, some interest on it on this draft. It got some interest. And then at five, I have, and we've talked about this team already, but I have the Carolina Panthers. 
Love the pick of J.C. Horn at eight. Terrace Marshall Jr. was a wide receiver, LSU, that everybody was high on. They got uh, the the Notre Dame tight end, which was great. It's another like classic like Colin Thompson clone, our friend, who's going to be a great blocking tight end for them, which is oh, what yeah. Matt Rule wants to do. Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, who was the most productive running back in the country at Oklahoma State. So love the draft class from the Panthers. All right, so five for me, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they come away with Jalen Waddle in the first and then come back and get Jalen Phillips, the DN, again in the first round. Then they stole one of my favorite safeties, uh, Javon Holland from Notre Dame, and one of the most underrated picks in the entire draft, Liam Eichenberg, the tackle out of Notre, Notre Dame. I know he wasn't highly ranked. Maybe he's got a little bit of shorter arms, but, but the kid is a baller Notre Dame puts out offensive linemen's year after year after year i've seen the kid play he's a beast i love what miami did this year in the draft uh my number five draft is the fantasy football draft i love fantasy football drafts uh so you ever done like a mock draft just for fun like you don't even really need to do it you just want to go through a mock draft so Mm -hmm. top so uh number five draft for me is fantasy football fair enough that also made my uh top five last week Fantasy football draft day. All right. At four, I have the Lions. When you come in and say you're going to like bite people's kneecaps off, and then you go out and get the best tackle prospect that we've seen in years in Panay Suel, that's an automatic win for me. That's why I have them. I think that fits their identity. But they also got a few guys right there in the middle. I'm on Ross St. Brown, who people loved out of USC. And then the corner from Syracuse was floating out there as one of the best names available for about the uh, the whole third round. So I thought that it was a great value pick as well. Oh, and you mean the Cowboys, when he was sitting there, took a cornerback from last chance you instead? Yes, that is correct. Okay, good, good. Um, all right, so four for me is the Cleveland Browns. They took Greg Newsom, the cornerback, out of Northwestern 26 overall, which I loved. I was hoping maybe Dallas would have a shot at him in the beginning of the second round, maybe trade up for him, but nope, they snag him in the first round. It's a great get. And then they got the steal of all steals in the entire draft. Jeremiah, Wusu Koromoa, JOK, Jock falls all the way to 52 for them. I don't need to go any further in this draft. Just those two guys right there land them in the top five. Uh, number four for me, I have a poorly sealed window. You know, you'll be standing there and you feel a little breeze on your neck. Uh, you know, you never know if that's a dead relative or a window is not closed all the way. But I like every once in a while just feeling that little surprise breeze. I'm, I'm a guy like I run I run hot. I like to feel a little cool down every once in a while. So poorly, poorly sealed window number four. Aiden, continue, please. Okay. All right. At three, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. I love the trade-up to get Devontae Smith. They didn't sacrifice a lot of draft capital to do it. They come around. They get their future center in Landon Dickerson, another high-character guy, two Alabama guys. Thank you, God. They get a defensive tackle that they compared to Aaron freaking Donald in the third round. I'll take that. And then uh, Kenneth Gainwell, like we talked about, great value in the fifth round for running back. He'll double the value that you would think in like terms of second or third round guys. And then Jacoby Stevens, I, again, thank you, God, LSU player and a rover who has speed and can play all over the field. All right. For me, number three, a team you already mentioned, the Detroit Lions. I'm not going to go through everything here again, but Panay Suel, one 
amazing pick. It's great for them. It's going to help out Jared Goff. Uh, Levi Ozenriki in the second, who I wanted for Dallas. Uh, Melifonwu, great get. And then, like you said, Amon Ra, St. Brown, high, high upside. And it's only going to help Jared Goff. I would like to say about Amon Ra, St. Brown, if you were named after an Egyptian god, I'm in. Yeah. Don't need to see highlight tape. Mm -hmm. Bring him on. Who did the Lions draft in the first round? Peeny Swap. Cox. this guy all right uh so number three uh i was uh i wrote for the newspaper in college so number three for me is rough drafts i like a good rough draft no pressure on it you know you get to just write what you think and then go back reread it and you can fix things up number three rough drafts great all right at two i have the chargers i love their draft because every pick they made just made sense. Rashawn Slater was the best player available at 13. That was a steal. Sante Samuel Jr. was considered a great corner at, at 47. Great value. Josh Palmer, wide receiver. He was one of the finds in round three that everyone was talking about. They take him. They just took players that made sense. Again, best player available. PPA, nope. bitch. BPAP. Um, number two for me, Chicago Bears trading up to get Justin Fields. Uh, QB one, Andy Dalton. Just kidding. Great get for them. I think he's going to fit perfectly in Chicago. And then they go right after that in the second round and they get the uh, tackle right out of Oklahoma State, I believe. And then they got O Lyman from Missouri, the running back from Virginia Tech. They did a great job of building from the interior and getting weapons at the same time. I love what they did in Chicago. And I don't normally say that about their drafts. Mm -mm. I was sitting there praying they were going to trade up to number three or something to take Mac Jones. Or even if they took Justin Fields, but that'd still be Mm -hmm. too early and would have been hilarious. Uh, Number two for me, uh, shout out to our uh, live stream. I have draft beer spelled. Aiden, do you want to spell it for us? Uh, D-R-A-U-G-H-T. Correct. And it's pronounced draft. Draft beer. Drought. Drought beer. No, draft beer. Go on. All right. At one, my number one overall team was the host, the Cleveland Browns. Mm -hmm. I think they got great value for drafting further back. We talked about uh, Jeremiah Wusu Kamaroa might be the steal of the draft overall down there at 52. Vince is laughing at how I said his name. JOK, whatever. I don't care how I don't care how you say his name. He's just good at football. It's fine. They also got Greg Newsom, who everyone expected to be the third best corner. Koromoa. Koromoa. There you at, go. All right, how about this? At one, I have the Browns, who are the host. And they had the best steal of the draft in Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa. There we go. JOK. Also, like, yeah, Greg Greg Newsom out of Northwestern was considered the third best cornerback prospect, and they got him at 26. He probably should have been off the board at that point. And just going on down, like Tommy Togai out of Ohio State, another defensive tackle that plugs up things. I mean, they've got a great defensive line right now. So uh, Andrew Berry, tip of the cap, probably should have just stayed in Philly, pal, (laughs) been our GM. But I have the Browns at one. 
One for me for every reason Aiden said. I have the Los Angeles Chargers there. They just made smart picks. Rashawn Slater at 13 is such a steal. They did everything they could to help out their young quarterback, protect their young quarterback, and just build this team that's on the brink of doing something special. So I love what the Chargers did this draft. Uh, Number one for me, I have driving too close to a tractor trailer. Uh, It's economical. It saves on gas money. Uh, It's not too safe, so maybe don't try it unless you're like a real skilled driver. You never know what those tractor trailer drivers are going to do. Just ask Tracy Morgan. But if you like driving too close, saving money, it's good for the wallet. Number one, (laughs) driving too close to a semi-truck. Thank you, Vince, for the TikToks. Wow. <laughs> I tried I to make it through so without laughing. Every time. He does it every time. It's it's like it's like when he just screws Eddie with the alley thing. It's just mm-hmm. every time you every always time. predict it, but it just you never <laughs> everyone saw it coming but Eddie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is our draft recap show. Thank you to everyone who tuned into the draft live stream show or is listening to this. Uh, thank you to everyone on TikTok as we close in on the six digits there in the likes. And then um, follow us on Twitter as well. Rate and subscribe. The YouTube is growing as well, which you love to see. So if you haven't tuned in yet, now's a pretty good time here in the offseason to get ready for, for year two. Yeah, we have, uh, we're going to have more guests coming up as the weeks go on. Just because the draft is now moving away, don't think the content is going to go away. We have plenty throughout this entire season we have the schedule release coming up next week aiden is not happy with me because now i am going to be flying on a vacation during the draft show so we need to figure out or the uh, schedule release so we have to figure out what we're going to do for our show um but yeah see loves me vacation (laughs) guy what if i do it like floating in the pool i'll bring my mic as long as you are available and ready when they drop the schedule it's all i need gonna be Damn. unless the wi-fi on the plane can handle this we could try okay cox thank you for listening and watching this has been episode 57 of birds vs. boys our draft recap show powered by branded sports and brought to you by stateside vodka Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Idiots, stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert, upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Beat the team you promised me you were going to be this year! This is the Consciously Hopeful Podcast. I'll be watching.